All right, ladies hey, and gentlemen, hey, hey. welcome to the Vitology Podcast. Ryan Paulson, ladies and gentlemen, here with his LaCroix. LaCroix. Or LaCroix. Pas, pas, That's de, watermelon. Pasquil. Pasquil? I don't even know what that, I don't know how to say that. It sounded French. I did. I was yeah. going for that. Yeah, but, good, uh, good. Maybe it is. Like um, I'm glad that you're drinking a pink drink. That's yes. good. You Way know? to go. So, Ryan, um, welcome. And, uh, hey, thanks. Good to Josh, see you here. Yeah, great to see you, too. You know, I'm good just going to gonna share this on uh, the um, interwebs. The interweb, the Facebook. Good. Facebook. We'd love that. And I want to say a, a warm welcome to anybody joining us on the Facebook or on YouTube. Um, anyone anyone joining us late on either of those two, because you can still see those these after the fact. Um my wife is calling me right now. Hey, you know, um, just tell her to comment. Huh? Just tell her to comment. Comments. Yeah, you can reach me <laughs> by commenting <laughs> in Facebook here. Um, uh, and I'm, I'm sorry, I usually don't ignore her. If she starts calling me a couple times, then you realize it's, it's our. If she calls me twice in a row from there, you might have to. Um, it's like I have to drop what I'm doing. Yeah, and, right. and take. This. Yeah, we so have the same type of role. It is, yeah. you know. Yep. And so. There you go. Um, it's real life. <laughs> real life. Is this is unscripted, mythology. folks. It is Hard slightly, to believe. <laughs> slightly unscripted. But uh, as I was saying, you can join us um, here live. We love it when you're live, and we love it when you say hi in the fields here in the chat. Thank you. Dennis is saying hi. Hello, Dennis Field. Welcome. Good afternoon to you, sir. Yes. And, uh, and then a lot of people watch on Facebook after the fact. Right, they do. The views on this just soar afterwards yeah. on Facebook, which is really cool. Um, a good amount of views on YouTube, so people uh, watching after the fact on YouTube, that's awesome. And, and then, listening on our podcast. And then listening on the podcast. Yep. If you can find us on the podcast feed, it's Vitology. And uh, that word is is uh, is a word um, actually similar to biology, it is. right? It's yeah. Biology is the study of bios, which is a, a, another Latin word for life. Um, but I like this idea of vitology because you've got this vital uh, mm. idea that, that that vita vita is is also life as well, but it kind of has a connotation of of the good life, and so and that's really yeah. what we are talking about here is uh, is trying to live the good life, which Jesus is the way to the good life. Yeah, uh, vital signs for the life abundant. Life abundant. That's Love right. It. Love Teddy it. is here. Hello, Teddy Mayfield. So good to see you here, and uh, and everybody else joining in. Look at look at the numbers just populating. It's great. Um, yeah. we're so glad that you can be here with us uh, this afternoon. We're a little early because, of course, there's baseball later today. Uh, I think you go right off to a baseball game. I do. You go right after. Then I go uh, a little bit after that. Yep. For a night. Tis the season. It is, is the season. So we're, the having, season. we're having some fun. I know. I know. You guys You guys might be playing for a long time. Yeah. I mean, uh, they stick mid-June? I, I know. Yeah. Well, because, see, the way it works is after this week, I think, is playoffs. Yep. And if um, and Ethan's team is really doing well. Yeah, they're, right? they're in first they, place They're right in now. first place, which means that they're going to have to keep playing. It's fun. Yeah. Until the end. Yeah. Which is good. The good stuff. It's, it's, That's it's fun. a lot of That's fun. That's fun. I know. I know. Um, yeah. We're... We're not in first place. So. Okay, well, still fun. <laughs> still, it is. It is fun. And that, um, yeah, my Josiah is playing, and he, 
there was some adults talking, I'll say, um, about winning. Uh, and I love this. My Josiah, my nine-year-old, he, he just stopped them and said, guys, it's about having fun. And I thought, ah, thank you. We've been trying to tell him that all along. Right on. And it's typically the adults and, and some oh, of the coaches okay. that were talking about this. Yes. And, uh, and sure enough, he had the, the presence of mind. He had a word for realize. him. He yes. had a word. He did. And I thought, that what is, how cool is that? That's great. Cool. That is great. He's getting it. Even though we adults don't all the time, do we? So, anyway, well. What should we talk about today, Josh? What do you want to you dive know, into? We've got a few things. We do. I feel like, I feel like, uh, I feel like you know, this was a great message on Sunday. If you were with us on Sunday, if you joined us here in person or online or um, on listened on that podcast feed, which is an audio podcast of the sermon, um, I thought this was a fabulous sermon, Ryan. And I want, I want to encourage you um, to just, if you're watching this and you haven't, to hit pause right now, okay? You can do that. Um, you can come back later if you'd like. But... Uh, um, or join us and just fill it in later and then watch again. That's even better. Um, but uh, go go hear this sermon because um, it was a it was a great one. I, I thought you it also brought up a lot of great things for us. To talk oh about. man, this text not not even necessarily the sermon. The text itself that mm -hmm. we studied on Sunday evokes all sorts of questions. And if it doesn't, I don't know that we're reading it right yeah. or at least reading it. Um, I think you can teach through what happened yeah. in Acts chapter 15. Yeah. And it's fairly straightforward, right? As far as what happened. Sure. But the implications yeah, of yeah. what they did uh, and how they chose the direction they went, we have to lay that on the soil of 2021 and go, okay, well, what does that mean for us? And what does it mean for us to be this kind of community? Not just to know and see what happened but how does it apply to our life and day right now Absolutely. and um i think that there are just as many questions as there are answers but there are certainly some answers i think absolutely yeah so this this passage is uh in acts chapter 15 um is a is a, a turning point in a lot of ways um for the church or um i mean definitely it's it's a place where um a lot of things change yeah. And, and I still remember in, it wasn't until college, I was, I was at Biola University. Um, I'm taking a um, class about Acts. Yep. And that's when I realized, oh, these guys didn't just have it all figured out. That you nice. know, we, we assume they were writing Bible here, right? And they knew it. And they knew it, right? They're like, ah, oh, here's this. You know what they're going to call this? Romans. <laughs> Sends it off. <laughs> Totally. You assume that that's the way they were, that they had this so dialed in that they were the holiest of holy. So, they, you know, here they are writing scripture. So, of course, they know the answers. Right. Or that even this decision they made was going to be included in, yes. in what we now know as, as the New Testament. Yes. Right. Yes. And, and yet you realize that they... They're going through these processes, and this is a process of them figuring out answers that that we take for granted now. Oh yeah, that we assume is like, uh, well, sure, salvation comes through Jesus alone. Yes, right, like that. Yeah, and they're figuring this out 
And it was a question to them. A genuine one. Very genuine. In fact, there was disagreement. Yes. And there was argument. And it was heated or what was the word that's used? I forget. But there was a dissension. Dissent. It says, yes. it says uh, no small dissension. <laughs> That's, how's that? that? That's how when you're when you're arguing with your wife and it's a big one, yeah. you can say hmm. there was no small dissension in the Rose household. <laughs> no small dissension. That's biblical. That is biblical. Yeah, yeah. And and here we are in a in a society today that you might say that there is no small dissension only on certain topics everywhere you look. <laughs> Only everywhere. Yeah. So I, my, I do my best, Josh, and we talked about this a little bit, but when I'm, when I'm writing a message, um, I really have three, well, I have one overarching goal in mind, and that's to present Jesus as Lord, Savior, and Rabbi. So okay. like, I, okay. that's my like overarching hope in every message. I want Jesus to be exalted, him to be lifted up. And then under that, I sort of have three sub goals that I, I want to accomplished. Number one, I want to do biblical theology. I want to teach the text. I want to teach what's actually there. The second is I want to help move people towards transformation or formation that it's not just head knowledge, but that it starts to shape and form our character to become different kinds of people. And then the third is I want to engage with culture mm. and like where we're really at in our culture, in our day, in our time to see this, this, collection of writings move from two-dimensional to three-dimensional essentially mm. to go okay that this is what it might look like applied today mm -hmm. and um so at the very beginning of this message I, I wanted to try to sort of poke people a little bit and go well we're living in a time of no small dissension mm -hmm. and we have a way of dealing with that right and our way of dealing with that is well, I said it's call-out culture, outrage culture, or cancel culture. And yes. I wanted to try to invite people to go into, these are all options that the early church had. Like they could yeah. have done any yeah. of those things. Huh. And they did something different. They could have canceled Paul. Huh? Easily. Easily canceled Paul. People, yeah. I think people did try to, right? Huh. Uh, in in well, yeah. verse 5, this is the attempt at canceling. but. Some believers who belong to the party of the Pharisees rose up and said, it's necessary to circumcise them and to order them to keep the law of Moses. Now, this is this when the floor opens for the Jerusalem council, this is the first gauntlet that's thrown down. Yeah. And to be clear, um, this there is. OK, these are the, of the party of the Pharisees. Mm -hmm. So and and what they're saying is uh, for anyone who claims to be a Christian. They need to take on um, all of the all of the ceremonial requirements of the law. One of those being circumcision. Mm -hmm. The circumcision is often the uh, the um, I don't know the, the one that they point to. That kind of it's it's kind of a, a big deal. The rep, it's representative. Representative is the right of, word. Yeah, of them all. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. In so many ways. Yeah. yeah. It represents the covenant. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And so. Um, so they're saying that, that it's necessary. This has to happen. Um, now, interesting that um, Luke mentions it's a part of the Pharisees. Um, Luke had written, written the book Luke already. And so the Pharisees 
Um, that was not a good thing yeah, to be of the Pharisees. Not the star of the show. So I think Luke, <laughs> they're not the star. Luke's kind of you know tipping his hat a little bit to say which side won. Mm -hmm. um, they're Definitely. not the good guys yeah. here. Um, but they were saying some pretty drastic, um, what we would say clearly heretical. Right. This was heresy yeah. that they were promoting. Um, we would call it heresy. Apparently, that was just one of the debate options back then. Yeah, it was. That's an interesting insight. Hmm. Yeah, that and that word heresy gets thrown around a lot. It does. Like on, uh, there's sort there's two things that like the longer, there, and there's some sort of rule. Some guy came up with this, like quote unquote law. Okay. Like the longer a conversation goes on on Facebook, the more likely <laughs> likely somebody is to either be called a Nazi or a heretic. Yes, yes, right. Yes. So. Like it goes in one of those directions, the longer it goes. If you see the comment thread, you're going, I know someone's uh -oh, going to get uh -oh, called a Nazi here, here soon. And there it is. <laughs> or a heretic, right? It's yeah. like, and I mean, I don't, we don't want to make light about heresy. That's a genuine issue and we should push back against that. But what they did was they, they first entered into a dialogue conversation to get collective wisdom to say, okay, well, what do we believe about this and what do we think about this and why, you know, mm -hmm. that, that was where they started. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I think that's important. Yeah. Because uh, just to point out, this is, this is not a small or minor decision that they're making. I think you called this the most important church business meeting of all time. Yeah. I right? always joke. You don't want to miss a business meeting in the early church. No. Your pastors might be sent out as missionaries. Yes. You might decide no surgery is necessary. <laughs> you, there's a Praise lot Peter that Lord. could happen yes. at a church business meeting in the first century church. Yeah. Because this is why, um, I mean, let's just say this is why as somebody comes as a believer nowadays, as someone decides to, to follow Jesus, that the first step is not circumcision. Mm -hmm. The first step is not to go visit the truck parked right. on our lower lot, right? Yeah, no, that is not that. It's not. <laughs> you can't just bring that up. I can't. Come no. on, no. It, you and, wanted to, and now it's on you <laughs> to explain what you mean. What do you mean? It's <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen. There is. Um, okay, I'll, I'm going to preface you, it. Okay, and go, go, go. You have to explain. Okay, so. As a church, we really want to be known as a church that loves our community. Well. Yes. And so we have been praying and looking for opportunities to reach out to our community and even have our campus more available to Absolutely. our community to utilize for things that go beyond our programs mm -hmm. at church. Like, mm -hmm. for example, I don't know about you, Josh, I just got my uh, CSA box. And so we're yes, a yes, yes. host site for solutions for change to do for CSA. So mm -hmm. we're, we're branching out to say, gosh, we want our campus to be utilized uh, to uh, just be a service to the community. Yeah. Yeah. So we got approached by... <laughs> well, I think this is the what, perfect place for this. One of the most so, yeah. random yeah. service random. opportunities that we were had been approached with and we said yes to it and here's what it was it was um what they call i didn't even know they had these a neuter scooter neuter scooter a neuter scooter so it's Catchy. a portable <laughs> why don't i hand it over to you yeah. <laughs> ah, this is a place where they they neuter um do they neuter and spade yeah, i, I, I always so. those together both um they neuter and spade um your pets and you know, so you can take your pet there. They go to areas in the neighborhood so that it's close by. You don't have to go to 
the vet. vet? There, that's the term. Um, and there it is. So um, <laughs> uh, here we go. Um, <laughs> I think uh, Ryan was talking this weekend about uh, circumcision. And here we had the neuter scooter in the back parking lot. And we were talking earlier about how that was a missed opportunity. There was a missed opportunity. <laughs> it was clearly a missed opportunity there was. To, um, to reference that. But probably not one of those opportunities that was a wise missed opportunity. Glad I missed it. You I was driving I home. That. I saw the neuter scooter and I thought, oh, wow, that would have been no, no. Yeah. Couldn't have gone there. And here now I decided to bring it up <laughs> on the podcast. So it's on you. It's this. on you. This Luckily, though, Gwen, if you just put Gwen's smiley faces up, yep. thank you, Gwen. Thank you, Gwen. Gwen gets it. Uh, and <laughs> this is why you join in on Thank you, Liz. Liz yes. Shout out. Nice. Okay, nice. so, Josh, we were talking about how different we this – had the church decided the, – the council decided something different, the whole landscape of the church would be different. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. our membership class would be different. Our What we tell people, they – "Quote unquote," have to do as followers of Jesus would yeah. be very different, be drastically different. Yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And even before you go, Carolyn points out, um, how about it, Paul? You were a Pharisee. Yeah. Interesting. I didn't put that together, Carolyn. That was smart. That, that is so good. That is, yeah. Paul, um, he um, he tells us in in Galatians, right, um, that he mm. was a Pharisee. Right. Oh, right. yeah. He's Pharisee of Pharisees. He's a Pharisee of Pharisees. That he was, um, that was his party in a sense. Mm -hmm. And so that brings up an interesting concept that he's even disagreeing with his own, maybe his own mentors. Maybe. Maybe people that uh, he had associated with in the past. That's a great observation, Carol. Yeah. Oh, hmm. fascinating. Hmm. Wow. Okay. So, yeah, th there's all sorts of implications for what yeah. they decide there, right? And, um, so we talked about that a little bit, and there's been some questions that came up about some of what we talked about in regards to how, what parts of Scripture do we align with? Yes. You know, um, because one of the things I wanted to do in this message was I, I really wanted to do two things. I wanted to talk about how do we disagree in a way that allows us to continue to grow? Because if we shut off every everybody we disagree with mm -hmm. without being willing to listen, we actually cut ourselves off from growth. We're not able to continue to grow if we think we know it all because growth yeah. requires change and it requires either change to be more solidified in a conviction that we already have or to tweak or to change or to deepen what we uh, what we know. So yeah. and, and now. This relates to scripture because. Um, and, and how we um, which scripture to choose um, that that question gets brought up because their argument was very much an argument between which scripture are yeah. you going to hold up? Correct. Are you going to agree with this scripture? Um, both of these sides, in a sense, well, now they have scripture that they can hold up. One, um, I don't know if they're you know holding up Jesus sayings um, as scripture at that point yet. Um, uh, we don't twenty know. years. Maybe, but, but at least the the Pharisees, they had some they had chapter and verse to right. say you need to be circumcised. Well, so essentially, you have three. If we want to include the words of Jesus, which let's do that for the sake of okay. discussion, we really have three pieces of scripture that they're looking okay. at. Right, you have the law of Moses, mm -hmm. which we could consider that uh, 
to be either like sometimes it's a term to you to mean the whole Old Testament, but mm-hmm. oftentimes first five books. Mm-hmm. We have the prophecies, mm-hmm. which they seem to pull out and you're, go, you're right. ah, Amos 9. We mm-hmm. should And then we have the words of Jesus. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to figure out, do we have to obey the law of Moses? And they decide, no. They said, no. And they can decide that. <laughs> they did. And they did. And, and, and now <laughs> that decision is actually in our scripture. Correct. Which, which that decision supersedes the, you know, the other command. Right. To be circumcised. Yeah. And it's, it's a strong statement. It is. And, but this applies to something else we've talked about here on this show. And that is um, where the, the Bible's authority. Mm. So when we talk about the Bible's authority, you and I would both say, yes, the Bible has authority um, underneath Jesus. Yes. But I think the question we have to wrestle with is, well, like which part of the Bible has the most authority? Because there are times when the Bible doesn't agree with the Bible. Mm-hmm. So let me give you an example, right? Um, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. That's a very clear command that's given to God's people, the Israelites. And it was lex talionis. It was designed to limit retribution. Mm -hmm. But in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus takes that and says, well, I've heard you've heard it said an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. And everybody's like, yeah, we've heard it said it's in the Bible, in the book. (laughs) But I say to you, right, to forgive those who wrong you, right, not to exercise revenge. So. Which has the weight? Which part of the Bible do we agree with there? There seem, there not there seems to be, there is movement mm-hmm. in the way that we treat people that wrong us, mm-hmm. right? So I, I don't think it's as simplistic as to just say we give the Bible authority, um, unless what we mean by that is when Jesus speaks about portions of the Bible, we choose Jesus because, and his words, because that's what the Bible teaches us to do, which I would agree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, yeah, taking the whole Bible um, as authority, maybe, I guess, or something like uh, the full. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. Good... So, but there is, we need to engage this in a way that's um, that really honors the entirety of Scripture and the journey that God's people have been on and taken on by God Himself. Yeah, interesting that example that you gave. Um, both commands, while different, are in the same direction. Oh yeah, they're you know, both moving the, forward. Both yeah, exactly. So so like you said, they they an eye for an eye was limiting retribution. Okay, because because typical retribution is you know you do something to me. Oh yeah, I'll one up worse, it. Right, yeah. you know I'm going to you know you you poked out my eye. Apparently right. that was a problem. Um, then I'm going to poke out both your eyes. Right, I'm going to make it worse. And they're saying no no no, no you, you can't do that. Yeah. Correct. And so it's limiting it. And then Jesus takes it a step further. So it's as if he's saying, yeah, I, I, I his agreement is with the limiting of retribution. Yeah, he's not saying he's that's saying, a bad thing. Exactly. He's saying, now I want to limit it even more. Yeah. Though. And it, it, so people took it as as uh, instead of instead of limiting as almost giving them an opportunity to hurt someone back still. Right. Right. So yeah. And Jesus is saying, no, you don't get that opportunity. To hurt someone back. Yeah, not, not in his kingdom. Yeah. And so there is, there's movement there, which I think is really important when we read the Bible to understand that. 
And to truly give the Bible authority, we have to let the Bible commentate on the Bible, yes. which it Jesus is clearly doing. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. But we don't want to go back to Leviticus and go, this is how it has to be because we yeah. give the Bible authority or because we believe in um, in Scripture in that way. And, so, and, and Jesus was able to do that. And now here, um, <laughs> they're doing this. They're doing it. Yeah. They're doing this together. Yeah. Yeah. And so... Um, here they are there. Um, there's debate and everything. And, uh, and then um, Barnabas, I love Barnabas is back, right? Barnabas brings Paul into this, right? Yep. And, uh, and Paul is the one um, who, I guess this would be most personal for in that setting, probably. I'd say Peter and Paul. Yeah. Peter, because of the way that he saw God move and work. Um, but yeah, certainly Paul as well. Yeah. Now, well, that's, yeah, a whole interesting story of the way Peter or Paul views this. Paul views Peter here in Galatians. But, yeah, and the timeline thereof, which yeah. is debated. Yeah, totally is. So why that's why I didn't talk about it in the yeah. message. It's fascinating. <laughs> totally For, fascinating. Like, nerds like us, we're yeah. like, oh, when does this fit with Galatians 2? And yeah. what are the implications yeah. of that? And yeah. anyway. So. Um, Go read that. You'll see there's it's, sort it's of so far down. We parallel. don't even have time for it today. I know. I know. <laughs> I, I, I'd love to. But here's the thing. Okay. They bring, I think they bring Paul in because he's the one who's experienced a lot, or at least the most of, in a sense, the, the Gentile conversions. Yeah. Right. So um, here it's, it's a still the church is mostly Jewish. Yeah. At that point. And, and we're in Jerusalem. So, um, you know, everybody that lives in Jerusalem is Jewish. For the most part, right? Um, and so all these believers are gathered around talking about a problem. And, and the, so the problem is, what do we do with the Gentiles? All right. Um, they had lived in in a theological system mm -hmm. that they've grown up in that was all about um, the, the, that that group of people, the the Jewish people, right? It's right. very um, it seems a bit weird to us. I, Seems a bit weird to me, I'll say, um, to have a religion that kind of only allows, you know, people, uh, Jewish people or the same race of people, whatever that is. Sort of ethnocentric. Ethnic, yeah, ethnocentric uh, religion. But that's what they were told. That's what they were promised. That's what they grew up with. And, and to be clear, so did everybody else, right? That wasn't necessarily uh, yeah, yeah. a unique viewpoint. That was a very tribal sort of ancient uh, mindset that most people had. Yes. And actually, I would argue, Josh, that, and feel free to disagree with me on this. I, of the groups like that that I've read, uh, the Jewish people were the most open to outsiders oh, and sure. even to giving rights to outsiders that, um, that most other groups did not yeah. give. It was very gracious, very, they were very generous from the get go of well, good. God, the inception of that nation. They were as outward focused in that type of a time period as mm -hmm. one could be, mm -hmm. I think. But. Well, I, and I'm, I'm glad that that, that was the perception because as, as, as I read from my perspective, in a sense, what, what God wanted them to be, God wanted them to be outward focused. God wanted yes. them from the beginning to, to have that attitude. Totally. Yeah. Did they fully accomplish it? Mm. No. So mm. yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the part where I, I mean, from the beginning, the, 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 the first, uh, First Hebrew child, first, or first Hebrew um, um, man before he had a child, the, the child that started the nation of Israel, right? Abraham is promised. Um, he's given a, 
blessing. And, and God says, you, this nation that didn't exist yet because he was an old man, um, you will be a blessing to all the nations of the mm-hmm. world. That, that was from the beginning of this, this people group <laughs> that, that God created was that they would be outward focused. Right. And they didn't do that. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think there's a lot of that movement that uh, throughout the Old Testament that you can see of them moving in that direction sort of, but they don't quite go out. And here they are um, by the time of this, that they're probably, they've probably the, the most ingrained in a sense. Yeah. Um, they've, they've stuck to themselves. They've actually been dispersed. God, I mean, I think, I think of the, the, um, what is the name for that? They were dispersed all over after diaspora. Diaspora. Thank you. Yeah. Um, they were sent off into Assyria and into Babylon and, uh, and as if to say, well, if you're not going to do it, God's like, I- I'm going to send you all over the world. Yeah. Right. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it for you. But then yeah. they come back together. And here they are now back together. And it's as if I think they're like even holding on to that even more. And then they have this problem. But all these Gentiles are really liking Jesus. Yeah. And that, that did create a problem. Yeah. Um, and so Barnabas and Paul, they related the signs, uh, what signs and wonders God had done through them among the Gentiles. I mean, I just mm-hmm. would have loved to have heard all of those stories yeah and, oh yeah and then here's what we saw we saw this person heal and we saw this person come to faith and here's yeah. how god uh, uh, validated that and all these stories just coming into fruition and you know josh uh, there's all sorts of you know connections we can draw but the point i wanted to make was man one of the ways you know you discern god's will is by recognizing god's activity yeah like seeing where where he's moving and because, like I said, I wanted to do two things in this message, which is always dangerous and not ill-advised. But um, I wanted to try to talk about the way we talk and the way that we yeah. address and interact with people when we disagree. And I wanted to try to like give people a lens through which to say, how do I understand where God's leading me? Yeah. And those two things are very deeply connected, right? Mm. So I tried to connect those at the very beginning and then throughout the message sort of walk, uh, parallel tracks there. Um, but yeah, to figure out, all right, what's God, God, what's your will? And one of the ways I see that and figure that out is by where I see your work. Yeah. Yeah. And he, that's, that's discernment. That's right? discernment. That's, and it's discerning what God's doing in the world. And I mean, the way around, as if we start with our own God, I want you to do this. Yeah. And so, and then, you know, if that doesn't happen, we say, God, why weren't you doing this? Or here's my reading of scripture. God, here's what you're allowed to do. Oh, you know, and yeah. one of the one of the things I loved about uh, about living where we lived in Colorado was there was a number of missions organizations that were within a few miles of our church, mm-hmm. and so had the chance to have missionaries come to our church often, and 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 good friends with leaders in a number of different missions orgs, mm-hmm. and uh, it just turns out that God doesn't always play by our rules, right? And even if we discern some of the rules from the Bible itself, there are like, so some people would say, well, dreams and visions and prophecy, those things have ceased. Yeah. Um, very few people who are working out on the field would say that though. Yeah. I mean, they, they've met people who've come to faith through mm-hmm. dreams and they've had prophetic words spoken and they've seen that like God do 
these miraculous things. And for some of them, they were going, that doesn't fit with my box. It doesn't fit with what I have seen God yeah. do personally. Um, some people really struggle, Josh, with the fact mm -hmm. that the house church movement in Iran mm -hmm. is led primarily by women. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. they would go, well, that's not, that shouldn't be. Yeah. And yet it's what's going on there. And mm -hmm. so I think we, we have to wrestle with that is how do we, how do we look at scripture in light of the way we see God moving all around the globe? Yeah. Um, and I, I, I don't think we, uh, our lens has to be scripture, right? Yeah, it has to be. And yet we have to go, uh, so does that mean that movement's disingenuous? It seems like God's doing something unique there. And how do we process that? And how do we decide? So underneath 40 minutes of teaching Acts 15, I think are all of those questions that are just, number one, huge questions, but number two, like really exciting. Like don't push away from those. Those those are great questions to wrestle with mm -hmm. and to think through um, because I think as we do, we'll be better able to engage our cultural moment. So, yeah. And I, I, I love that. And I think that, that something that that's also makes, could make people nervous. Sure. Right. Because, you know, if, if God is doing something that, that seems like it's um, it's, it's contrary right to what God says. Now, there could be two things that are going on there. One, um, I mean, I guess God could be doing something contrary to what it said. Now, but I don't, I don't think that's it. In fact, and I think that was happening even here, that God wasn't doing something contrary to what was written. God was doing something contrary to their interpretation yeah. of what was well, said. Okay, there, there are other options, right? Like yeah. Satan could be uh, sure. at work. Oh, totally. totally. Powers of evil could be at work. Yes. Uh, but... Or, 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 so, because here's, I think one of the things that um, is a, something we've got to understand. Uh, and at times, I've got to remember this time and time again, that um, when I get to a passage of scripture that I, either I don't understand, or I realize that I'm, that I'm wrong on, or I realize there's contradiction or something like that, that I, I, I think there's contradiction. Usually it is because my interpretation was wrong, not because scripture was wrong. Mm -hmm. And, and so, or maybe we made something, a universal principle. Yes. That wasn't intended to be that. Yes. Yes. Which would yeah. all be the way I'm viewing this. Right. And so, um, I think that this, this means that, um, we don't let go. We're not saying we let go of scripture. Not at In all. Fact, but maybe we need to let go of a little bit of our, uh, the way we were taught scripture, mm -hmm. because we are in, we're in a, um, in a culture that has read it and has interpreted it one way. We've been taught by people um, who are great people, but there weren't, they're, they're not Jesus. They weren't infallible. They're one infallible they're, people, they're right? Working with the infallible scriptures. Yes. But no our doubt. interpretation isn't, um, isn't infallible. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a good and so that's where um, when when we run into those problems, like you're saying, okay, women leading the church in Iran, we could go and say, well, you know, the Bible says that that's 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 wrong. Right. Or we could say, well, my interpretation of the Bible has said that's wrong. Maybe I just need to stop and say, take a look at my interpretation of the Bible. Right. God, what are you doing there? God, yes. And how do I how? 
is that you? Yeah. Are you, God, are you doing this? And how do we respond to what you're doing? Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to give you all the answers for that, but I think it's a great question to ask. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I mean, they don't show us them asking all that, but Paul explains what God's doing. God explains what God's doing. And, um, and then they, they don't seem to fight. It's, <laughs> you know, after their debates, the dissension, the discussion, the judgment, judgment in the positive sense, not somebody's getting yeah. judged, but they're making a judgment, a decision, discernment. Yeah. Decision. Yeah. It says in verse 25 that they um, came to one accord. <laughs> so, uh, you know, explain that to me. What is coming to one accord in our world, right? We don't... That is a straight, I, you know what I don't think? I don't think it was everybody saying I got exactly what I wanted. Um, and I don't think it's everybody saying if it were just me making the decision, I would have chosen this. Uh, I, I think it's people going, well, what they say, it seems good to the Holy Spirit and us. Yeah. Like it seems like in light of the evidence of where you're working, God, and what you're doing. And in light of the way that the scriptures pointed to this moment, Mm-hmm. It seems like this is the best way forward. It seems like this is what we should mm-hmm. do. Um, and I think you can almost read, it seems good to us um, as, uh, as yep, this is the way we should go. And maybe even somebody, some people going, it seems good to us, but gosh, mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I love it, but I'm on board. So there is a unity, mm-hmm. even though there's still some sense of people trying to figure out where they fit and gosh, can we, are we, can we let go of the Mosaic covenant in that mm. way? The way that they did. So yeah. Oof, oof. Okay. Well, there's a, there's a bunch here. Now um, that what you just said, can we let go of the Mosaic covenant? Mm-hmm. Can we, can we, um, not saying disregard it's not saying but can we you know not hold this scripture at the same level of as this and that, i think that's an important distinction yeah. that it's not like they weren't letting go of the law of moses in the sense that they were saying it's wrong in the sense that they were saying it's not scripture but what they were letting go of was uh making those laws necessary for salvation and even inclusion into the church. Mm-hmm. So they're still, they're honoring it as a part of their story. Mm-hmm. It's still included in the scriptures that they're learning in regards to how do we learn about the character of God? Yeah. What's the stream and the huh. story that we are a part of? That's really important. Yes. But they're not looking at the law of Moses. Now, this is interesting. Even the Ten Commandments yeah. to say these are ours to keep. Totally. We can come back to that if we want, but um, that, Mm. you know, and I hope that evokes all sorts of questions. Like, (laughs) why have Christians been so strong about wanting to put the Ten Commandments in like courthouses? That the this is what was decided at the Jerusalem Council and affirmed all throughout. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think that's a good question. (laughs) Um, If Christians want to put anything in courthouses, I would argue it should be the Sermon on the Mount. That, That doesn't fit quite as nicely uh no yeah. anywhere uh, it's three chapters long rather than you know 10 commandments yeah so yeah but that that's an interesting question yeah and and yet I, you brought up an interesting they um <laughs> that's the thing I mean, they didn't cancel moses 
No. So because here they are, they're 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 making a big shift. Mm -hmm. And and yet we have no Christian authors who 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 even considered kind of like redacting now uh, the Old Testament and making no it way. more not like at all making it more fit. Or yeah, something. that's good. We got to be we want to be clear on that. Yeah. They're not. They're not leaving it behind. They're yeah. not going, ah, we need to unhinge from that. You know, yeah. that's not, that was not it's their not deal. Their, and yet. But they weren't applying it directly. They, exactly. There's a, there's a difference there. It's a part of who we are. Yes. In a sense. And it's a part of what we, what we need for life and godliness. Right. And yet at the same time, they're putting it in their emphasis in other places. Yeah. Right. That was one of the reasons that I, I think I brought in, um, Colo uh, sorry, Colossians, Romans chapter 13. That's right. Yeah. Because I think this really helps clarify what the early church decided, because now Paul's going to put this into practice for the church in Rome. And he says this, oh, no one, anything except to love each other for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. Yeah. Now he is. Just simply echoing Jesus, you can read Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 to 40, where Jesus says, two great greatest commands, love God, love people. And he says, and all the law of the prophets hinge on these two commands. Mm -hmm. So I want to keep them all, keep those two. Okay. But then he goes on to say, for the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. Those are all, mm -hmm. those are 10, four of the 10 commandments. These aren't insignificant these aren't incidental these are core to the israelite people totally. but he's saying really there's only there's actually something above that that if you keep mm -hmm. that you're gonna keep all these mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so please hear me when we say that the early church just didn't decided not to apply the law of moses directly one to one this is what the law says we have to do this they weren't saying you can break those laws they were saying that your goal is to keep a law that's actually above those that will help you honor the intent of every single one of them that transcends the time that they were given. Okay. So that I think that's a key distinction. So I heard I hope nobody yeah, canceled good. us before yeah. we got we made that point. Because that's and that's good because the see in circumcision is used there because that was a sign of the rest of the law that was never it was never like i mean like god was just you know really excited about circumcision no that was just that was just the way that god had chosen to let his people kind of communicate to him worry in all. yeah it was a sign of the covenant yeah in yeah. the same you know in the, in the way it's the way we talk about baptism right that the baptism is not something that um actually it's not like you know once you hit that water that it's holy water or something it's nothing in the water in that thing it, it's it's a sign of something right and yes there's there's a lot going on there um and i don't want to you know minimize baptism at all um yet at the same time it's it's what's going on um in and through baptism yeah what it communicates that's really where the the, the great part about that is. yeah and it's our, our you know brothers and sisters that would be for pedo baptism or infant baptism would say oh, well that's the connection right in uh, the old covenant yeah. the sign of the covenant was circumcision new covenant sign of the covenant is baptism and so that's why yeah. they would want to baptize yeah. infants or yeah like so that. anyway that that's if you're wondering that's one of the places mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. they sort of get that idea mm -hmm. yeah so anyway, he went here. Let me just finish this. He says yeah. this. Um, 
and any other command. So he lists four out of the 10 commandments and he goes, and any other command are summed up in this word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So he's going, we don't, we, we don't need the 10 commandments in the sense of like having them all listed out. If you keep this mm. love, love God, love yes. people, you've kept all the others. Yes. So we'll say it again. When the early church decides not to apply the law of Moses one-to-one, they're not saying you can go out and break the law of Moses. Mm -hmm. They're actually saying, we're going to make this really simple. Yeah. Let's yeah. just love God and love people. That's what Jesus told us. Mm -hmm. All the law and the prophets hung on. Let's do that. And if we do that, we will keep the intent of mm -hmm. all the law. Yeah. So this is the capstone. Yeah, it's, it's the a keystone, the keystone habit. habit. I mean, yeah, yeah. of, of uh, if, if you love, man, it, all the other pieces, all the dominoes just fall. Yeah. The way so I've heard it said, I don't know if you've heard a similar thing, Josh, but I've heard it said by, you know, seminary professors and dudes way smarter than me that um, all the all the other commands given in the New Testament are simply commentary and application of how do we live out this one yeah. command, which is love. Yeah. Yep. So that is uh that is a beautiful thing. Um because that is the that is the thing. It yeah, according to Jesus. According to Jesus. And uh and therefore it should be according to us. And yet we get kind of caught up. We tend to get caught up on all the other things. Yeah. So much so that um there's times when we can, and I'll, I'll say I can. Um, at times, hold on to a certain something, idea, verse, um, theological truth, something like that, more than I do love. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, that's where uh, the church, unfortunately, um, and I think, and I say the church overall, not our church, um, and, and not really overall, but I think that some bad actors in the church have given... Yeah. I've given the church a bad reputation um, in a sense because they've uh, they've not been loving right in the way that they tell truth or they, they try to speak truth. And oftentimes I think that if they're not loving and they're they may not be speaking truth. Right. I mean, yeah. Um, and so this is something that, we can really learn. That was part of my, you know, when I um, I made the statement, never break one of the great, never break the greatest commands to keep a secondary command. Ooh. So never, never, never break. break, love God and love people. Yeah. In order to try to hold on hold to on or to. keep a secondary command. Mm -hmm. And I think using the term secondary is actually honoring this of the scriptures because this is what Jesus, when he was asked the greatest, oh, he yeah. said, these are, these are the two greatest, ah, you know? Great. So there are two commands that rise above the rest. Mm. And I, I think that's a good lens. It's a great lens. So like, that, don't, don't break one of those two in order to yeah. try to keep one of the others. So are you saying that the 10 commandments are secondary commands? According to Jesus. But only according to Jesus. No, well, <laughs> that's, I'm that's agreeing with Jesus. I, you're agreeing with you. I totally, I know that's, but I mean, okay, so uh, you shall uh, know other gods before me. Love the Lord your God with all your hearts. Uh, so there, in a sense, that number one aligns with number one, right? Totally, totally. And then I think you could argue that the top, the, the first four Ten Commandments are summarized in love God. Mm. The next six are summarized in love, love people. people. Oh, interesting. So 
I do think he's giving a summary statement of the 10. Yeah. Yeah. yeah by that, by those two. And he's just boiling it down and going now the 10, the, the next six, those nuance out what it looks like to love people, right? Don't covet, yes, don't yes, steal, yeah. don't commit adultery, don't, you know. Yeah. Um, but the list, that list could go on and on and on about how mm. we love people. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, that's, that's great. Well, now, all right. Can we you get had some questions? Or oh, I did, but I have other get, questions about okay, good, this. Good, good, good. I know we're running out of time. <laughs> but, that, good. Uh, man. We got, we got, uh, well, I just, I wanted to talk a little bit about, so Paul gives these dietary Regulations, right? Uh, yes. Not Paul. I'm uh, sorry. The Jerusalem, the Jerusalem Council, Council does. does, right? Yeah. So here's their summary, uh, verse 28. So they say, "For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and us." I just love that one of the biggest decisions the church has ever made. They didn't say we have heard the voice, audible voice of God. God clearly spoke to us. The Bible yeah. clearly says it's it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and us. And they're like, right? right. Yep. <laughs> okay. Um, to place no uh, no greater burden. Then these requirements that you abstain from what has been sacrificed to idols, from blood, from that which has been strangled. So all the first three out of the four are dietary mm-hmm. restrictions. Mm-hmm. Now, um, and then the fourth is in from sexual, sexual immorality. Yeah. If you keep from these things yourselves from these things, you will do well. Farewell. Farewell. Later. Like drop. <laughs> JC, Jerusalem Council yeah. out. <laughs> right? Right. Yes. Okay. So are they giving new laws? So essentially, is our whole discussion wrong? Um, like, are they actually saying love God, love people, and these do these other four things also? So are they uh, writing new laws that were intended to be applied uh, for all time? Now, I would yes. say the last one. Yes. Mm-hmm. Abstain from sexual immorality, but not because because you cannot commit acts of sexual immorality and love people. Those two things are in conflict. Yeah. Okay? And, and it's not necessarily a new law. Correct. Right. So this is not like they're making something up, but they are highlighting this. And, and totally. I mean, in a, in a, a big way. So I'd say that's so a universal. A, okay? Yeah. yeah. Um, because it's, it falls under the category okay. of love people. What about food sacrifice idols? Well, um, that comes up again, doesn't it? Not just once, but, yeah, but yeah, twice. Two times. And, uh, and the decision <laughs> is go ahead and, and eat it as long as you don't cause someone to sin, right? Okay. That's <laughs> what I'm talking about. Yeah. So, okay, you guys. This is uh, you can read about this 1 Corinthians 8, 1 Corinthians 10. Okay. I think uh, um, I didn't research this beforehand, Sounds but good to me. That, that there's two different times where Paul talks about food sacrifice idols. Yeah. Other times. Yeah. I believe one of the times he says, yeah, you should stay away from that. And the other time he says, um, you know what? If you can still love people and do that, if it doesn't cause somebody else to stumble, go ahead. An idol's nothing. That's no big deal. Yeah. Right. Therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, I will never eat meat unless I make my brother stumble. Yeah. So he's saying like, you know, that's, but, but notice it's about, it's about the love. It's about love. Yeah. And so, I would argue huh. even those those dietary restrictions, they're all the, the command that they're being called to keep yeah. is still love. Yeah. Love people. Oh, that's really good. So I, I get I would just invite our listeners to wrestle with that. You can do a word study on that. You can do um, you can sort of chase that rabbit trail if you want. But it's a fascinating um, 
app, way to try to apply this passage, like to try to figure out what, what were they doing? What were they saying? Because the churches got this and a lot of them applied it directly. These first three, the last one, like I said, in the message, sexual immorality um, or sexual morality to say it positively has been a key distinctive of the church from the beginning. And I would say it's a distinctive of every true church, that there's a sexual ethic that um, honors other people. Yeah. And um, that's, that is key uh, to being followers of Jesus. Yeah. Oh man. And you know, he, there's two others in here that I'm just contemplating because he, he says from food sacrifice to idols and from blood and from what has been strangled. Yeah. Now though I'm, and this is just, I, I'm just wondering here, but those would have been very big issues for Jewish people in particular. Totally. Those would have been, and yeah, you know, the life is in the blood. Um, and, and, uh, there's a lot going on there with things that have been strangled. Um, I don't know that I can um, show this anywhere, but my strong assumption would be that those are for the sake of the the Jewish believers that are there. hundred percent. Right and that's why I said, so you have Jewish believers going, mm -hmm. walking away from the council going, I can't believe what we did with the law of Moses. <laughs> And you have Gentile believers walking away from the council going, I can't believe we can't eat that, The you know, our rare steak. <laughs> Interesting. And you have mm. both of them saying, but this is, we're in one accord because one, we understand love is the, the law that's above it all. And number two, unity is the thing that we want more than anything else. So in this discussion, the, the, in this debate going on, the the Gentiles probably learned, oh, that's a big deal for the Jewish yeah. And then the, I think the, so. the, the the Jews that were there were realizing, ooh, that's a big deal for them. So so they kind of both walked away learning, okay, I'm gonna do this because of them. Right. Because of the other. Which makes first oh, Corinthians eight, where Paul yeah. goes, You can or you can't, mm -hmm. a, a little bit more that sets it in the context here, if that's the way we understand what was going on, yeah. right? Yeah. Because if there's nobody that had an issue with them eating a rare steak, they're going, oh, I guess we could do it. If nobody, yeah. it's not a law mm -hmm. in the sense of it's required for salvation. There's some freedom here. Well, okay, then let's, yeah. let's, let's go ahead. If nobody's bothered by that. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and yet Carolyn is right here. Um, it's uh, she says this, it's harder to measure love than to measure a rule. Oh, Goodness, rules are easy, huh? In some sense, black and white, black right? and white. I mean, I, I, I definitely like rules with my kids. Yeah, <laughs> um, Carolyn, that's a good point. And sometimes, and I think that this is essentially what when Paul talks about, um, in, I, I think it's Galatians four, the law being like a tutor, right? Yeah. That I think there are times where we need to learn what love looks like, and yeah. I think, and I think as we look at the huh. at the Ten Commandments, right, that if essentially half of them are love God, the other half are love people. They're mm. giving us some guidelines to say, this is what love looks like. Mm. So, yeah, it's learning the basics. Yeah. And then Jesus, Jesus is what love looks like. Yes. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Um, should we talk about the bones? <laughs> um, yes. Okay. Last week, uh, we had a, a question come in that, that uh, really kind of stumped us. Um, 
really it had to do with with why is there so much talk about bones and of the uh, especially the Old Testament. Uh, now it's in the um, the patriarchs, so so um, Abraham's bones and um, Joseph's bones. I'm not sure if it talks about Isaac's and Jacob's bones much, but um, then the kings we hear about oh, yeah. their burial and things like that. But but in particular, the question was about Joseph's bones. Mm -hmm. Why did they care to bring Joseph's bones from where Joseph died in in Egypt all the way to the Promised Land? Why was that such a big deal? That's a great question. And so you've done hours of research here. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <And> yeah. <laughs> I've done minutes of research. But, um, no, I, I, one, and that is a great question. Fun, yeah. Number two, I'd forgotten about this passage in okay. Hebrews 11. Dang. So Hebrews 11 says this, By faith, Joseph, at the end of his life, made mention of the exodus of Israel and gave directions concerning his... What? Oh, oh my goodness. So... In this, like, sort of the hall of faith passage, as we call it, in Hebrews 11, right, that um, affirms these men and women who lived by faith, right, and lived out their faith. Um, it's meant like Joseph's declaration to his sons about what he wanted them to do with his bones was a show of his faith. Yeah. And, oh, um, you know, as I was thinking about that, Josh, I think there's a part of him saying, here's what I want to have happen with my bones, that was essentially saying, I believe that God is going to be faithful to take us out of slavery. Yeah. I believe, and I guess they weren't technically in slavery when Joseph was there, but I believe that God is going to be faithful to his promise to move us into the promised land. Yeah. And so when he's talking about his bones uh, leaving uh, Egypt, He's saying, God, you're going to be faithful to that. Yeah. And I think, too, that there's, there is an aspect of the bones that at least is a, is a hint or a wink or a nod to coming resurrection. Mm -hmm. I just that I keep coming back to that, that that's a key part of mm -hmm. this as well. Even mm -hmm. if they didn't have that exact language for it mm -hmm. and wouldn't have necessarily said this is why, um, I think that that's an aspect of the conversation that's sort of latent beneath the surface of it yeah. all. Yeah. Uh, that's see, and you, you, you do hear language like going to rest with your fathers, right? Mm -hmm. Throughout scripture that, that there was an idea that um, the bones, the body, all that when put to in, you know, in a proper way that they are at rest. Yeah. Um, and that's an interesting that Hebrews talks about entering into God's rest, right? right? Yeah. But as if yeah. Joseph is saying, hey, I'm not going to be at rest until mm -hmm. you are at rest, right? And, and even the land, I mean, the land is, a, in a sense, a foreshadow of resurrection. Oh, totally. Right? Yeah. Of the, the, the land that we're going to come, or that is to come, yeah, right? Yeah, even eternity. Eternity. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's where our promise is. Yeah. Oh, that's a good, that's a Great observation. Yeah. Um, I'd totally forgotten about that text. Yeah. So that wasn't quite as random a question as I thought it was. After all, actually, that gets at that gets at the heart of things. It does. Yeah. I need to I need to go make sure Eric hears that. And so um we'll uh we'll do that. Well, um did we answer all the questions? Did or did we just did we give more? <laughs> did we give more? Um and okay. Well, we're just uh, we're just talking about um, 
we were just talking about a passage um, earlier today uh, that's going to be preached in a few weeks that talks about seeking God. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I, I'm, I'm still struck. Okay, This passage talks about um, what God does so that we seek him. Yeah. And that we we grope. We we feel for him until we find him. And I think and I, and I hope that this is part of that process. Yeah. That a- yeah asking yeah. questions, um, um, even introducing more questions is a part of where where you where we can can continue to seek God in this. And um, I think it's really important for not only the way that we engage with God. I mean, Jesus asked a lot of questions. He didn't answer all that many. Um, yes. That's a fascinating study, yes. by the way. Sometimes do that. Oh. Read through all four Gospels. Highlight everywhere in one color, Jesus yes. asks a question. <laughs> Highlight in another color where Jesus answers a question directly. Yes. Not with a story, but just directly. And um, one of those highlighters will run out of ink. The other will have a lot left. And I'll let you do the project just yes. to figure out which one. But all that to say, questions are are a really powerful tool to drive us to learning. Mm-hmm. And for jo- both Josh and I, I mean... We love the scriptures. We want to help people engage the scriptures. Um, But we also meet a lot of people that, you know, do the Bible read through in a year and go, I've got more questions than I've got answers Mm -hmm. after that. Like that, what do we do with some of these laws? And how do we interpret the Bible in a way that honors the entirety of scripture and really honors the journey that God was taking his people on? And that's, what we were diving into today. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, so those are big questions, you guys. And if you're struggling with them, wrestling with them, reach back out, mm. do some research, but reach back out. We would love to continue to dialogue with you. And even on this show about this topic, because this is huge. It's really big. And what I found, Josh, I don't know about you, but there's just very few people engaging that mm. in, in a way that I feel like does a good job at honoring, um, the whole yes. of scripture. Yes, absolutely. And and I and part of that is I think people feel bad about asking questions that that uh, either they feel like they should know the answer to, or if it sounds like it's doubting of some sort. Yeah, like can are we allowed are to we not allowed? apply the law yes. of Moses one to one? Like, is that directly? Is that can yeah. you do that? Is it's in the Bible? Yes, the, the Bible says it. I believe it. That settles it. Exactly. I don't think we've been taught well that questions like that are actually a part of, of faith, mm-hmm. of a part of, of what it means to believe. And so uh, this is why this is why uh, a lot of why we do this. Yeah, uh, we want to encourage your questions. We want to uh, we want to let you know this is a safe place. Uh, church is a safe place. Uh, and, and even more so, God is safe to ask questions of. Um, he he can handle your questions, and uh, and we would love to help process those with you. And and I think in even in the most uh, the hardest questions that that somewhere lurking behind that question, uh, it, it'll lead to Jesus. It'll lead to to more and greater life. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's our our hope and prayer. So um, questions at efcc.org is an email address. If you remember email, so um, if you can email you can email any question you want. Okay, that stays confidential. Um, and uh, and unless you uh, just tell us on there, you don't want your name no- dropped. We will not say anything about you. Um, we, I keep that confidential. And uh, and yet we'd uh, we'd love to interact and love to try to answer. Um, that's true. 
hit us up on, on Facebook or uh, any of the other areas, talk to us in person. And uh, that often is how this things come up as well. So anyway, um, been so great. Ryan, thank you. Yeah, Josh, thank you. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. And uh, I want to say thank you to everyone at home. God bless and have a great day. Yeah, God bless you guys.